All right, now it's time to talk about our brand new sponsor, Peloton. Jason, ah. you're a big Peloton guy, right? I am a big Peloton fan. Everyone loves them. One of my favorite things to do is walk on treadmills. So I'm, I've been chopping at the bit for this tread. Is this real? I swear to God. Kylie and I ordered it probably a month ago. That a boy. Way to pump it up. Yeah. Well, 92 percenters, whether you're like Jason and trying to get in shape during retirement or just trying to add a new challenge to your training, spring is the best time to get started. Just in time for summer, baby. Warmer days are coming. How about that? That's right. Peloton's varying class lengths allow you to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add 10-minute core session at the end of your metrics-focused class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your goals. And there's also a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, marathon training, all created to grow your skills. Plus, Peloton Entertainment lets you work hard while you watch harder. Catch all of your favorite teams and streaming options like NBA League Pass while you power up your training. How about that? Get a head start on the summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. They are running out of these things. Selling like hotcakes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, the first time you play, you know, Ray Lewis, you can't help but be like, what's this going to feel like? Like, this is, I'm, I'm fucking blocking Ray Lewis right now. I'm in, in the middle of the play. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm blocking Ray Lewis! Yo, yo. Let's give it a run here, big guy. Welcome to New Heights, a Jukes original show presented by Waves Sports and Entertainment. We are your hosts. I am Travis Kelsey, 10-year tight end uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is my big brother. By two years, Jason Kelsey, a 12-year NFL vet for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, New Heights is our new talk show, where we will be giving you next-level access to the NFL in both from, from Philly all the way to Kansas City, and much, much more. Uh, new Heights comes out every Wednesday. Watch and subscribe on our YouTube channel, and listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow the show on all social media platforms, please, at New Heights Show. Jason, what is good, baby? It's good to finally get this thing rolling, brother. Yeah, it's been a while. We've talked about this for some time, so to finally uh, be able to get this started... Um, I'm excited. Uh, on our first show, we're keeping it simple. Uh, we didn't really know how to kick things off, so the producers and us decided to do 12 questions uh, in honor of our 12 Pro Bowls. All right now. Which are vastly, mostly contributed by Travis. And uh, <laughs> we're going to be uh, doing a 12-question uh, and answer period. So yeah. um, with that, the first question... Uh, is uh, hold on, hold on. We got, I got, we got to at least talk about new heights, man. So why yeah, do we call it new heights? No, I mean I, uh, new heights being a dual meaning, I believe. So it's obviously me and my brother re venturing into a new world, a new playing field, um, which is on mic and on camera, showing our personalities, showing our dynamic, and uh, we thought it'd be fun to bring that to you guys, but also. We are very prideful of where we come from in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, that Northeast Ohio love, uh, that we actually uh, got some ties at Jukes and Wave Sports, um, both throughout the industry and, and back in Cleveland. So it's pretty cool that uh, we get to experience both of these together, man. Uh, whenever we can rep the Heights, it's, it's always uh, something that we try and do. You know, we've, we've uh, lived in few areas, uh, especially for professional athletes. We grew up in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Uh, had a tremendous community there, so we want to pay respects to uh, the people and uh, the family members who helped make us who we are. Question one: What took so long for us to start a podcast? You know what? I think it was. Uh, I think it was a little bit of you know waiting for the right time. Doing something like this can always kind of get looked at like you're not focused on the field, and I, that's the last thing I think either one of us ever want is to to let anybody know that you know our heart isn't in it full go throughout the season. But I think throughout both of our careers, we've been able to show what kind of teammates we are and 
you know, how much we uh, we really care about what's going on out there on the field. So I think, you know, getting established uh, kind of helped, you know, at least me feel more at ease about doing something like this. Yeah, I would agree. I think, um, you know, we've talked about doing something like this for a while. Um, you know, we just talked about how we both grew up in Cleveland Heights. We both went to Cincinnati. So being in two completely different states um, and not being able to see each other for the course of the season – um, we've always thought about a way to maybe interact and keep track of each other and what's happened in our lives during the season because a lot of times that falls by the wayside with everything going on. You know it, man. And um, I think, uh, you know, as a, you know, COVID obviously was a rough time, but we've seen how successful a lot of these podcasts and video shows can be doing it virtual and being in different areas and different places. Um and when we really sat down and looked at what the time commitment would be every week, um, it's a basically a two-hour window every Tuesday on our off day that we're going to come in here and talk. And, uh, you know, I've done radio shows that have been hour-long episodes on XTU uh, for a couple years in Philly. I did radio now. call-ins. And uh, what really, I think, made me pull the trigger and really be happy about doing this with you is the fact that we get to kind of Say whatever we want, which could be dangerous for sure, but um, <laughs> more so for you. You got a little bit more to say than me, but <laughs> but I think it's um, it's a way for us to be authentic and uh, to offer um, unframed opinions from journalists or media members. We just kind of get to say what we think works. So that's that's well, question. We know one. works, baby. And I, th- I think it was a little bit of the right opportunity, man. Shout out to Waves and Juke for sure. For- for definitely uh, making us feel at ease and, and comfortable with jumping into this thing, no doubt. What was the uh, what was the highlight of the off season, brother? You got to get you got to let the let the people know, man. You had a you had a fun off season. Um, yeah, I had a fun off season. I think uh, the highlight was probably Elliot starting to talk. For those that don't know, Elliot is my beautiful niece. Yes, my brother's youngest. She's uh, one and a half years old right now, and uh, she started to talk this year. And she is a chatty Kathy man. She. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the younger ones seem to yeah she seemed to be a little bit more active she's trying to keep up with her older sister and um man it's nice. it's just been so fun watching her but then outside of that the other highlight of my off season was going to uh see my cows in uh missouri the show me state <laughs> where they showed me some cows um I oh man what a beautiful place missouri is man Missouri's okay but uh, the cows were gorgeous. I, I think it's so funny that I've been out here for 10 years and I've never once thought about getting into farming. And you've been up there in the East Coast for 12 years. And you find a way to get into buying cows, buying cattle? What do we... Yeah. What, I, what got you into that? I think going to uh, the Cousins Farm growing up in West Virginia got me interested in farming. It was like a fun experience growing up. Outside of that... Uh, you know, as I've become more conscious about my diet in the NFL and all right and now, knowledgeable of kind of where food comes from and how it's raised. getting a little heavy. And, uh, little, I'm not, oh, all right. You're I'm not trying to get heavy. I just uh, started to get interested in it. And uh, there's a uh, strength coach with the Eagles, uh, Pat. Shout out to Pat. Um, he and I would nerd out uh, in the weight room during downtime about uh, grass fed beef and maybe one day have one day having our own operation and uh, doing something that's uh, productive for the land and all that stuff. And um, he got in contact with a, a woman in, uh, in Missouri Ann, and, and her husband and they've. Uh, so Pat's in on this too. Pat's in on it too. Yep. All right. Now Pat, and, um, I haven't even met Pat yet. What is this? Well, I, I mean, that. yeah, one day, but she said, you know, if you guys are really interested in doing this, why don't you get some cows and we'll let them run with our herd and you can come out and visit them. So uh, I bought 11 cows. We had uh, nine calves, and I went out there for calving in branding, which is, uh, I don't know if anybody, I, don't, I know for a fact you haven't seen what a branding looks like. I, but, I probably would never, uh, never This is This is like, they did the old school style. Guys on horses, lassos, roping them, <laughs> tying them down, piece of hot iron in the fire. And funny, um, I'm not gonna lie, it was intense. It was very intense. Um, you did you? Oh yeah. <sighs> you got to. 
it also prevents people from stealing them, which I don't think happens that much anymore. But regardless, yeah, you do the branding, and then you also got to castrate the ones that you're not going to keep as bulls. So I don't know if you, I had to Jason. castrate my first Jason. bull. <laughs> It was hard. You city slicker, you man. Did you do it in Timberlands or did uh, you do it? I had my Merrill uh, hiking boots that I climbed okay. my Kilimanjaro in. All right, there you go. Yeah. So I, I had a uh, I had my granola crunching hiker boots on while I was knuckles deep in uh, this bull's nutsack, and um, I'm not gonna lie, it was intense. It was I couldn't I wasn't doing it right because apparently you don't just cut them off. There's two ways. There's two ways you do it. Either one, you do the banded method, and the band cuts off the blood supply, and out, the nuts man. just I'm fall out. off. I'm out. Where, where are we even going with this? I don't want to know you about how you did this. You asked me what I did this, this offseason. This was the highlight. You don't have to get into my off how you cut a bull's balls off, man. I don't want to hear this. Highlight. What did you do this offseason? Oh, I got I partied in Las Vegas. Cool. Been there, done that. Have you cut a bull's nuts off? No, I don't think you have. <laughs> Right. Oh uh, man, I did. have you ever won a golf tournament? No, I have won my first golf tournament this cool. season. All right, you keep in golfing. Vegas. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, yeah, and then I partied my ass off in Vegas. You, you got to thank Pat for helping you win everything these days. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's shout good out one, to right? Pat. Another shout out to Pat. Another. <laughs> Um, Anyways, so the another uh, another, another big uh, big time or a big uh, a fun activity that I did this off season was the celebrity bar crawl oh, in nice. the shore. Man, that yeah. was a blast. That was a pleasant surprise. Not only did we uh, we get to enjoy the the Eagles and everybody over at the shore um, for a great cause, the Eagles Autism um, Eagles Autism Foundation. Um, we ended up getting the entire family under one roof or one tent, and that's always you know that's always the best. Yeah, we don't get to do that enough. Hopefully, we'll we'll keep doing that a little bit more. But um, yeah, Ryan and the Eagles Autism uh, Foundation uh, really helped that go off without a hitch again. Shout out to Ocean Drive, uh, the best damn bar in the land, but especially down at the shore in Sea Isle. Um, they've been unbelievably supportive and giving towards uh, autism-related research and causes for years far preceding me so uh for them to uh allow us to go out there have funds interact with fans and um just have an overall good time drinking some adult get, beverages get absolutely hammered yeah uh i was doing a uh, hundred dollar chug offs yep and um i went i went eight no and then finally somebody beat me man i was pissed well, i think they handed me like a, a heavy lager though man because that was a <laughs> that one was, it was, a, a, it was, man, it was thick and it was heavy. I didn't like it. Man. They might have, they might have. I didn't lose a single ass. chug off, so I don't know what that feels like, but I'm beating you every time. Well, we'll have to get that on camera one I'll, day. I'll take this next one, though, man. Time to address the elephant in the room, brother. Is this Jason's last dance <laughs> with the Philadelphia Eagles in his um, NFL career? You know, that's a good question. Um, I wish I knew the answer to it. Uh, I know it. What do you think? Uh, you got at least two more left. At least two. Um, I've seen you run around. You still got it, guy. Yeah, I can still run. Everyone still sees you got it. That's why they keep, you know, raise oh. up in the ante every year. Yeah, we still got uh, 17 games and then some left. So we'll see how I'm running at the end of the season. But, you said know, that um, last year, they said that the year before. You know, if I'm being honest, my body is starting to fall apart. I mean, I just, this is the, I've been, this is my 12th year. Uh, I couldn't even do training camp this year. I got surgery in the middle of it, not even in the middle, the beginning of it. Um, I've just a never clean up, just a little cleanup. <laughs> it's all a little cleanup. I got every joint in my body could use a little cleanup. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, it's always something at this point. So I think my body is definitely starting to uh, tell me some things, but. You know, this is the first training camp I've ever not participated in and been on the field for. And, uh, you know, Kylie says this. Huh? Kylie's mom always – my wife always uh, told her this. Uh, absence makes the heart go fonder. And, man, was that true for uh, training camp this year. You know, it's it was in some ways 
cool to be able to help guys and, and be in some ways a uh, player coach while rehabbing and not being able to play. I felt like I was able to help some guys, but man, nothing, nothing replaces being out on the field. Um, and the moment it's not there, the moment you're not out there uh, playing, it it hits you like a ton of bricks when you're just watching it. And um, so I just practiced for the first time yesterday, and I was like a kid in a candy store. It was <laughs> how, yeah. flying around like he was 21 all over. Oh, again. my gosh. I was like an offensive lineman in a candy store. It was a blast. It was <laughs> a good time. Um, I was running around, chasing people. Uh, it felt really, really good to be back out on the field with my teammates and playing uh, the game. And you know, there's one thing, you know, Dad always said was uh, being an athlete could be over uh, in a second. Um, you could be walking down the street today, step off the curb, you know, trip the wrong way, and your career could be over. So really enjoy every every day, enjoy every snap because you never know when your last one's coming. And uh, to get more direct with answering the question, I don't know if this is my last year, but I know for one thing, uh, I'm going to damn sure enjoy the hell out of it and have some fun. So uh, that's all I got. I know we all can't wait to watch, baby. (laughs) So then the question becomes, if it it ever was, you know, decided before the season, would you ever want that farewell tour like that? No. That send-off? No. Uh, No? No, because then it becomes about you and not about the team. Uh, I don't want that. This guy's a team guy. Look at him. Well, no, I just. No, I'm, I'm with you. I couldn't do it. I, I, it would I, be a weird just, dynamic. Yeah, It's one thing in the NBA where you play so many games and it's so yeah. many, you know, it's one thing like that. But I don't know about a send off. And, and I don't. And I don't think if you. I, I, I do kind of think if you are already ready to retire or think or know you're going to retire at the end of the year. I think that your mindset is probably not in the right spot. I think, uh, that's fair. I really think you just got to be in the moment and, and, and be where your feet are, be in the right, uh, you know, headspace to go out there and, and be the best player and teammate you can be. So I don't, uh, no farewell tour. Um, that might work well for sitcoms, but I'm not interested in doing it in the NFL. Next question. We're on four now. Your first year was terrible, so I can't wait to hear this answer. Let's go back to Travis's first year. What was the biggest challenge adjusting to the pros? And was there a teammate or opponent that scared you? My, like, welcome to the league moment where I – uh <laughs> I got I, I didn't know what happened. It was like somebody like a freight train hit me and I just like felt like there were bullets flying like I was in like modern warfare or something. It was just like yeah. it was the most it was the craziest feeling I'd ever had in my life because I had never been hit like that with that many people watching me. Um and it was uh, it was against the Tennessee Titans the the first year that I actually played. Actually my first game where I actually like Got a got a handful of plays and then got the ball thrown to me and everything. I was running a slant. Thought it was like a a cover four, cover two look. So I was I was just running it, you know, just past the 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 flat defender. Big uh big Pollard from the from the Titans, uh, Bernard Pollard came downhill and absolutely just smoked me. I mean, from his chest right into like the sternum, the high sternum. So where you get like that like that neck like yeah. <laughs> whiplash out of that thing and uh luckily i hit the ground before the ball came out but the ball did come out and i thought i fumbled in the red zone uh in my first game ever but i no, i just got i just got welcome to the league that's not good like you had to overcome some major stuff your first year yeah let's touch on that thing the biggest thing that year was mentally having uh having faith that that the surgery that i was getting yeah. was going to be all right because micro fractures uh it's no fun um, it could be a career ender. There. There's a lot yeah, of guys that don't up. come back from micro fracture. Yeah, and if uh, when I found out that I had micro fracture, uh, I looked that up unknowing uh, and saw some uh, some scares. But at the end of the day, it's just having faith in in your body and uh, and and having faith in all the trainers and everybody around you. I got so many good people in Kansas City, man. Yeah, Rick Burkholder, uh, really shout out Rick. Rick. Burkholder. How did, uh, what did what did Rick tell you when he told you you needed? To have microfracture, what did? How did that so process it was, go down? It was a it was a long, it was a long question of, from 
training camp all the way to probably about week six, what exactly was wrong with my knee? And I knew something yeah. was going on in there. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. figure it out on an MRI or an X-ray. So we went in there and did a scope. And when they saw the scope, that's when I got the MRI or got the microfracture surgery. They were like, "We're already in here. We might as well just get it done. It needs to be done." So I woke up and found that found out I had to be on crutches for three months and I wasn't allowed to run for eight months, but, um, and then read up on microfracture surgery and just went spiraled down a hole of just, uh, you know, doubt of man, I might not ever be the same athlete, let alone, you know, be able to play in the NFL. But, right. um, cause I had yet to play a game. I was, I was out there. Well, I technically played in one game. I played in the, the second game of the year, Dallas Cowboys, man. It was a, it was one play and it was a block field goal right before half. Not my most proud Didn't moment, well, man. I went in there. I went in there with my left knee feeling bad, and the left tight end uh, on on field goal got injured. So I was like, I went in there, told the guy on the right side, I was like, dude, they're about to rush from the left side. You got to take the left side. Did they rush from the left side? <laughs> they rushed from the left side and blocked it. And uh, yeah, so that Damn. was my only. So that was my only play my rookie year. What happened I, to the guy I that dressed for set, for six games? But that was my only. play. What happened to the guy that went and uh... the reciprocal man? He. Uh, Sean McGrath, he he stayed on the team for a few years. All right, so it wasn't like he didn't get cut or anything because of no, it. no. I was no, say, that'd be super screwed up, man. That'd be terrible. Yeah, man, that's when you just you know. All right, well, for me, teammate, yeah, I guess for me, the uh, the first year of my NFL career, there were a couple things that were difficult. You know, the first thing, obviously, everybody talks about the speed of the game. Um, I think that uh, that's very apparent the first time you step out on the field. Uh, you know, I was a six round pick going into camp, not really knowing what to expect. And um, what compounded it and made it even harder was the fact that we had a lockout. So there was no oh, yeah. OTAs, no mini camps. You were, in, you, were in, you were in the natty with me, baby. Yeah, that's right. I got the playbook the day I showed up for training camp. So um, we went out there, and Andy Reid used to do this, the first couple practices, the 10-10-10s. I don't know if he still does it, but – it's like just got done doing one. Yeah. So the 10, 10, 10s and, uh, in that period, the, the two offense ends up going up against the starting defense. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I had never done an NFL snap and the speed at which the play happened was like, I still vividly remember how fast everything happened. You know, I think when college, everybody's played against, a player that's fast enough to play in the league or good enough to play in the league. But when you take in that all 11 guys on both sides Being are that player. way, everything just happens quicker. The line moves quicker. The back moves quicker. Um, the processing happens faster. So it, it takes a couple weeks to truly like get used to that level of um, just how you, how, how quickly you have to process things. Um, and then guys, teammates that I was scared of or opponents, you know, I don't really remember being like scared of guys. I think what I really remember is just like playing with or playing against these like names that, you know, you grew up watching and grew up. Oh yeah. Like, what did, you you know, were snapping the ball to Michael Vick. That's right. What do you mean? Hell yeah. I, know I was exactly on a dream team. Saying. The Eagles that year. I mean, I'm snapping the ball to Michael Vick, who was like a God growing up, like the best Legend. quarterback ever human highlight Legend. reel. Then behind him, I'm snapping the ball to Vince Young, who had just won a national championship not too long ago. Yes. Then at running back, LaShawn McCoy. At wideout, we had Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson. At tight end, we had Brent Selleck. Was not an awestruck at him at all. He was a Cincinnati guy, about as underwhelming tight, ends, tight end as you can get. But he was a great tight end. I love Brent. Great tight end. Great tight end. Um, but, uh, Never got enough love, baby. Uh, and then – you know, the first time you play, you know, Ray Lewis, uh, the first time I played London Fletcher, you know, Vince Wilford. Um, whenever you're going up against guy. these guys, you you can't help but be like, man, I'm like, what's this going to feel like? Like, this is, I'm, I'm fucking blocking Ray Lewis right now. I'm in <laughs> in the middle of the play. Like, I'm, not only am I doing my assignment, but I'm like, holy shit, I'm blocking Ray Lewis! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a crazy moment, I feel like. Uh, the first time Absolutely it happened. So, anyway, I remember my my uh, the first time I ever blocked James Harrison. Man, he's got the visor on. His arms are as big as my legs. He's low to the ground. He just looks. He feels like he's a stump, and you just can't move him. Yeah. And it was the backside of a run. I I I cut him off, and uh, 
and he didn't make the tackle. So I feel like I won the I won the block. Right, it's a win. But, uh, you know, win. unless he like disrupted it and kind of like stalled mm-hmm. it out, and then somebody else made the tackle. But and I said, "Yeah," and I thought I was like looking at him, but I'm not even sure because the the visor's so black. It's, it's like, man, I think he's staring at me, and I'm like, "Yeah, I just got you," but I don't know yeah. if he's really. That's deep, and that's right that's always a question. It's just always like, man, is he? It just makes him feel like he's crazy. Yeah, he's 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 a real life version like of. He's Debo. the Joker. Yeah, you don't know. It's <laughs> Debo. Yeah, ain't nobody <laughs> else, and. For sure. James Harrison gave you nothing on the field except for a deathly stare that lets you know he was going to try and kill you every single snap. And uh, yeah. it's a good thing he wore the visor because I think he would have been more intimidating without the visor on, personally. Give me a reason why the Eagles fans should be excited about this season, on, man. man. Outside of all the all the Come on now. made in the offseason. I don't man. even need to say it. I mean, not, it's all over sports lie. talk shows. It's and exciting. ESPN, Good Morning Football. It's Kyle Brandt is over here talking about it. You know, I think everybody's excited for the Eagles and for good reason. You know, we've made uh, some really, really good improvements, mainly a lot of new additions on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, offensively, we've added a pretty darn good receiver in A.J. Brown. Um I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, so I've played against him. He's uh, he's had a pretty few, yeah. a few good games against. We just him traded season, for uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner, who told me that you guys traded jerseys after one of the games. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know we got a we got a really really good group of guys. Um, we got a lot of talent. Uh, you know it's our second year with this coaching regime. This is actually Jalen Hurts' first time. Uh, with uh, keeping the same coaching head coach and coaching regime. So, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of things that uh, are indicative of that we're going to have a good season. But, you know, is that too big of a word? (laughs) I-N-D. Is there a Q in there? I don't know. It's it's like uh, to indicate. Anyways, uh, so um, for some reason in Philadelphia, man, every year that – the media uh, thinks we're going to do real well and they're pumping us up. We end up not doing very good. And every year that the media thinks we're going to be shit, uh, we end up overachieving. So, and I, and it's not like people are wrong. I mean, there's no question we have a lot of talent. I think it comes down to, man, if you're not coming to work every single day, if you aren't humble enough as a team, as, it, a, as a player, as a coaching staff, to uh, understand that you got to, get better um, and that you got to critique everything uh, the way you do when you're losing games or when you're not expected to win, um, you know, you're going to, you're not going to be getting better. And in this league, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So um, I think as long as we keep track of that, and I think we will, we have good leaders. I get better. Um, you're getting worse, baby. Yeah. You ain't first, you're last. Hey, Ricky Bobby, you know, he's got some good Ricky ones. Bobby. Ricky yeah. Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Little pancakes. That's what the old line's going to be trying to do. We're not laying pancakes this year. We're laying crepes, baby. Going to put the crepes on you. Crepes? All right. It sounded good in my head. Fuck off. All right. It's not as fluffy. Flapjacks. Right. Give me some reasons to be excited about the about the Chiefs because uh, if I'm to believe everything that uh, Tyree Kill is saying, um, I don't think I should be excited about the Chiefs at all. Yeah, man. Shout out to Tyreek, man. He's uh, <laughs> he's using this platform really well right now. Cheetah! Uh, Let me tell you, clicks, dude. Maybe. We were just down in Miami clicks. at joint we'll practices see how with good him. They are. We were just down in Miami with joint practices. It's the cheetah, baby, bro. He's he's faster. It's the cheetah. Yeah, no, he's the real deal. Yeah. You can't it, listen. The best receiver in the league. I've been saying it for the past four or five years, man. Yeah. It was impressive. He, um, he never got he never got the the full respect for being how good of a wide receiver he was, and I think it was because of how you know our offense was. One of the best in the league, Pat being one of the best in the league, me being high up in the on the tight end board, and it was just like, oh, us being a tandem was why we were so good. And um, I think we're about to see this year exactly how good uh, Tyreek is and how good uh, this offense can be um, without a huge playmaker like that. You know, not saying that we don't that we didn't go out there and grab guys like him, but there is no no other cheetah, and I'm not gonna sit here and blow smoke and act like there is. Um, but we got some we got some great players, man. We got some unbelievable wide receivers in Juju and MVS. Still got Nicole Hardman who can fly. He's, the, he's a jet engine with the ball. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, you got to recreate every team every year. And, and 
regardless of you know who you lose and who you get it's it's going to be a process through training camp and through the preseason to be able to find that mold and then throughout the season be able to sustain that yeah and um you know it better than anybody, man. It's uh, it's exciting times right now because now is the new. You get to be able to go out there and show everybody what you've been working on all all off season and uh, just tee off on guys. Yeah, how does uh, has the offense changed a lot without having Tyreek? Like I know you guys used to do all these crazy motions it has with him, to. yeah, and uh, like these little things. He would like dance around the quarterback almost and then peel back out. We and, still got all types of fun stuff like that, for yeah. sure. I mean, the motion, the shifts in motions, being able to, you know, that's what makes this offense difficult is because we have so many different types of personnel. We can sure. put guys everywhere yep. in the personnel and in the formation. There's so many different formations and motions and shifts and um, all these little gadgets, things that you have to be, you know, dialed in and smart to be able to understand. Yeah. Um, and that's that was one thing that Tyreek was unbelievable with is he was a very intelligent football player. You know, he had the speed and the athleticism, but the the smarts and the and the brains to be able to understand what the defense is doing and how to manipulate them to you know do what he wants. How's uh, Pat doing? Is he doing pretty? Good? Mahomes, I the... He just keeps getting better, man. Yeah. Right I... now he's real comfortable in the pocket. Right now. Well, you guys got to see it in preseason. He's just kind of you know feeling it out in there, man. And that and that's a. a Caps caps off to our offensive line, being able to get another year together. Um, Orlando Brown leading those boys. Big. Uh, Trey Smith, you know it, baby. One of your guys, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, um, I like Creed. I like Creed. I like Trey. I like. I mean, your your old line is very very good. Joe Tooney. Joe been, Tooney, you yeah. know it, man. Is it Tooney or Thooney? Have I been pronouncing it wrong my whole life? Yes. Yeah. My whole life, I mean, like, it's like two Tommy. Years. It's like the it's the whole Jim Tommy deal. Man. TH Tone. Listen, yeah. How did that? But Dayton, Dayton, Ohio guy, baby. Another Ohio guy, baby. I love Ohio God. guys. But man, if you got a TH in your name, it's a th. It's not a t. Um, so <laughs> get this guy out of here, man. <laughs> um, no, I saw the Washington game and I thought Pat looked like the same old Pat. He was dialed in. It was fun to watch every drive I think you guys had. You ended in a touchdown, I'm pretty sure. So, um, obviously, it's only preseason, but, right. um, you know, I'm looking. It doesn't look like you guys are missing much on offense, to say that. I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited for it. You're, what's your QB situation looking like over there? Are we, uh, are we getting better over there, or how's Jalen been doing? Jalen's been doing great. Uh, like I said, this is – I forget what the stat is. I heard it the other day, but it's like this is like the first time he's had the same offensive coaches um, back-to-back years – um, I don't know if it's been since he's at Alabama or where it's, but it's been a while. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, you know, this is his third year. The first year really only played about four games, so it's a little bit of a wash. Last oh, year, I go. thought he did great. He progressed throughout the whole season. Um, he just keeps getting better, and uh, he's one of those guys that just like the intangibles, the way he leads. He's got that confidence that is. Uh, that, that that like quiet confidence that you just commands that control in the huddle, um, yeah. but uh, he had a great camp, so I'm looking forward to watching him do some incredible things. We got so, we got a lot of really really good weapons. We got guys, you know, if people if teams want to line up and play man coverage, uh, you know, good luck. You know, it's going to be as long as we yeah. can protect it up. Uh, there's going to be some plays to be made down the field. So, uh, you know, between you know Devonte, AJ, Dallas Goddard. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, you know, we got uh, Quez Watkins, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gain. I mean, we got a lot of really, really good skill position players. And, um, you know, Jalen's going to have everybody watching him, and rightfully so. That's what it is at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, everybody's going to want to know how he's doing. Everybody's going to be watching. To make, it's all going to be judged, uh, and he's going to be the main one judged. So, I think he's looking forward to this challenge. I think we're all looking forward to having a really, really good year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What was your favorite off-season QB move, man? I got, I know mine. Well, I think uh, 
as an offensive line, I'm always biased, but my favorite offseason move is probably uh, getting Joe Burrow, like some semblance of like an offensive line and uh, getting them protected because, uh, yeah. you know, they probably win the Super Bowl last year if they have a better offensive line. No, I mean, the Rams are really, really good, ah, too. That stings. Yeah. That stings. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys gave that one up in the second half, mm. but that's your own fault, but. I think Joe's a really, really good quarterback and probably going to be one for a while in this league. And um, I think if they've uh, addressed their offensive line issues, uh, they're going to be a very, very difficult team in the AFC. Um, but if we're going like pure like quarterback move, um, I also like Matt Ryan. I think uh, Indianapolis has a really, really Matt good Ryan. cast. Okay, yeah, I know. Nice. Oh, you know, the old vet. Yeah, I think uh, Indianapolis has a really, really good support staff. They have a, they have a good offensive line. They have a great running back. Um, but more importantly, uh, I, I just think Frank Wright, um, he's always been around successful quarterbacks, whether it's as a player, yeah. playing with the Bills, with Jim Kelly. Um, he thrives with guys that can that can handle it all. You know, he's just been surrounded he's been surrounded by quarterbacks that have been and played well. You know, Phillip Rivers, um, you know, Peyton Manning. Um, you know, he's he's been around Who did he have last year again? Well, he had Carson Wentz last year. <laughs> Carson didn't do too bad. He did. He, he did. He did all right. Listen, they were they were balling, man. Yeah, they were balling. They almost made the playoffs. Obviously, wasn't a good last game for them. But um, I think uh, you know Frank finds a way to get the most out of guys at that position. So I'm excited to see uh, what that offense looks like. Philly, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the offense looks like with Matt there. I think it's it's a good situation for him. He's also got the best backup quarterback in the NFL. In uh, Nick Foles. Got, says he got our Nicky yeah, Foles, tricky Nicky Foles. Yeah, he's throwing me a few. Yeah, BDN out there presents. in Indy. He's uh he's laying laying it down, so, laying it uh, down. He's forever laying it down, man. <laughs> uh, shout out to you, Nick. Uh, all right, what's the next question? We my favorite. I got to give my favorite one, man. Russell right. Wilson to the Broncos. Are you kidding me? He's gonna come in the division. I'm not gonna lie. He was in, he was already in a tough division, but yeah. to be able to see what was going on already in the division and just be willing to come in with uh, with three three other great quarterbacks, uh, explosive offenses, and uh, some pretty solid defenses. That f- that's for sure. He might have uh, he might have the best defense out of them all. Um, but they are stacked on the defensive side of the ball. They made yeah, some really they, good moves in the offseason. I respect a lot of those, uh, a lot of their DBs for sure, man. Smart guys, especially in our positions. What's it like when the team transitions from a veteran quarterback to a younger quarterback? I'll let you start. Um, I would just say the uh, the energy level, man. The energy level is completely different, man. It's like uh, it's like I, I always make the uh, the analogy. Coach Reed says it. We give the quarterback the keys to the car, man, and it's like when you're driving in a, in a in a veteran's car. Uh, you know, you've seen it, you've heard the music before, right? You know exactly what you're getting. This guy's, you know, he's and he's playing bangers. You know, playing absolute bangers. If you're What's good, he it's, it's awesome. You know What's what I mean? What's he playing? He's playing some spotty, Adi Dopalicious. Oh, I, I just listened to that for the school oh. bangers, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? You're just like, man, that's that's a forever banger right there. <laughs> Horns, man. Yeah. You can't beat you the gotta horns. You got to go with the brass section. So, the, so they're playing the music that you love to hear, and when the new guy's in the in the front seat, it's like he's playing music you haven't even heard before, and it's just banging though. You love like you're like, man, this is some, this is some heat. This is some good. This is some. I can vibe to this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just completely different energies from like the songs that you know that you love and the the new songs that you're just like, man, those are. I can I can ride with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been, let's see, obviously more recently Jalen Hurts has been a young quarterback, but, you know, I've played with, um, you know, Nick Foles in his first start. I've played with uh, Carson Wentz in his first start. Um, there's been – Matt Barkley. I played with a lot of younger quarterbacks who have been kind of going out there for the first time. And I think um, – the biggest difference is you just, especially for me as a center in charge of the communication aspects, you just try and take a little bit more off their plate. Um, you know, you want them to be able to focus on just their job and not have to worry about too many other things. Um, and then as they progress and as they get more comfortable, their role kind of expands um, and they become more confident in 
either checking plays or uh, doing things outside of the framework of uh, what ha- what happens. And um, I'm kind of always doing that, even with veteran quarterbacks. But I think when it's a younger quarterback, you're just more cognizant of trying to um, just give him as, as few things to think about as possible. Like, just focus on your reads. I'll take care of the protections. No, everything. Uh, yeah, you know, you got to – no, but, you need to do everything as a quarterback. You really do. To be, well, to be top tier, you have to do everything. You have to at least have an understanding of it all. Well, yeah, you know but I, mean? I think it takes a while to be able to do that immediately. Um, even though you have knowledge of it, there's a difference of like having knowledge of it and processing it all in a span of like 10 to 15 seconds. And I think when guys are younger, you need to try and um, maybe, all right, my boy Kels, he's got this portion. I'm just going to do this, and I know it's good. I know that Nick always appreciated that. Trust and, it, man. Yeah. So having good so, teammates is for brother. Yeah. So I think um, I think that's the biggest thing with having a younger quarterback is just, um, and then also just, you know, depending on the guy, uh, just continue to breed confidence in him. That's with all young players, like, you know, making sure that, you know. As an older player, you've been through the ringer. You've been up and down. You've been through all the highs and lows. I think young guys have a tendency to let the lows affect them a lot more because um, a lot of these guys, especially with how good they've been in college and high school and growing up, they're not used to something bad happening maybe. And uh, so that's part of your job as a veteran player in general is just to like, nah, hey, we got this next one. Let's go. Forget that. energy Flush it. Let's go. We got another drive coming up. All right. You got this next question, number nine. Um, if you if you if you lost track, what's the position matchup on the field uh, that you're all week you're watching on film and you're just like, man, this is a, this is that dude. I got to bring it. Well, I mean, anytime you're playing a guy who's uh, disrupting the quarterback a lot as an offensive lineman, you're paying a lot of attention to him. Uh, not just his array of moves of what they like to do schematically to free him up. Uh, mm-hmm. how they're trying to maybe get them one-on-one matchups, all those things you're trying to uh, keep track, uh, you know. Um, but I, I would say the things that probably keep me in the film room the most or the things that I look at the most are when I'm playing coordinators that have a large variety of blitzes, especially on third down where you get into these exotic uh, formations course, and personnels. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a guy this year that we're playing, uh, you know, Wink, Martindale, uh, over uh, with the uh, New York Giants, who I have a ton of respect for. He was with the Ravens for a long time. Uh, and, I mean, this he's one of those guys that on tape, it's really, really hard to get a beat on where the pressure's coming from. Yeah. Uh, he coaches those guys very well to not tip it off. It can come from no anywhere. Idea. It can come from the right, from the left, up the middle. Um, so, you know, there's always a little bit more of a – extra film we're put in whenever we're uh, playing a coordinator who uh, is that good at disguising things. Yeah, man. I uh, I would say 100% I'm thinking more D coordinator whenever I'm watching film. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely thinking of tendencies on, on how certain uh, linebackers play yeah. uh, certain coverages. They usually tip it off the most. Do you, do you group um, it into, like, families? Like, for me, if I'm playing, like, yeah. one of the Seattle Seahawks cover three – like or oriented coordinators, I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like okay, they play coverage this way. They they <clears throat> they line the front like this. This is the way their D line usually plays. And then you go to the tape to see is that adding up? Is it still the same as it's been for years? And every year it changes a little bit. Like those guys are playing more shell now than they've ever played. If you're not used to almost that, always be yeah. exclusively, you know, middle field closed cover, cover three. three. We're yeah. running it. Good luck beating last, it. Last year, I think it was with the Raiders, and we uh, we played them twice. Yeah. And I got a lot of cover three and a lot of cover four. And yeah. They, a lot of cover four throughout the entire league against us because of a guy, well, yeah. a cheetah, but, well, but and the speed, uh, the other speed that we had. But Really, ever since that um, – I, I, I really think it's ever since that Super Bowl that you guys lost, unfortunately, to Tampa Bay, I feel like the, the model has been like quarters – more and more teams yeah. are playing shell. All I've seen is quarters since that year. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially against you guys because you guys have been so dynamic. But even for us, like it's it's uh, been shocking how much it's shifted back to a shell in a you know um, very uh, high, yeah. soft box. For those who don't know who shell is, it's too high. 
two yeah. high safeties. Yeah. Uh, guys playing more deep coverage to force everything underneath, and then everybody rallies to tackle, kind of keeping the the ball in front yeah. of them instead of letting these uh, big hitters happen all uh, all yeah. game. It, it tries to make you put together a perfect drive, which is hard to do offensively, which I yeah. get. But to to consistently put together ten play drives is a uh, it's I mean that's probably the hardest thing as an offense to be able to do. Yep. Um, but I was going to say, that not just uh, the defensive coordinators, but a guy, uh, Derwin James, man. Ooh. He, uh, he's an he's a absolute beast on the defensive side. I got a lot of respect for him, um, both in the pass coverage and just absolutely throwing his weight around, man. He's, uh, a lot of safeties are out here throwing their weight around, but he's, uh, he's one of the bigger guys that can actually lay the, lay the wood, man. Yeah, can I – um, I just want to thank you because I think um, I have seen him absolutely annihilate offensive linemen. Like Derwin no, James, he, he brings it, man. Bro, he hits it, harder man. than most linebackers in the league. He's one of my favorite football players he, to watch, except for when we play him. He's like the the closest thing to Cam Chancellor, but he's like a more like athletic version. Not athletic, well, Cam Chancellor that, athletic. He's just more all over the place. You know what I mean? More fluent he, of an athlete. I, yeah. I will say that Cam was just—he was a big dude. He's, he's a, a thumper. He's, yeah. yeah. He, he, I mean, he, I, I saw him one time hit Ayapati so hard that uh, you know, it looked like it broke his neck, but. Uh, Derwin James, same thing. He'll come down and lay the wood. But the reason I want to thank you is because you're my brother, all of these guys love me. Derwin's coming out like, hey, <laughs> hey, I was just with Trav the other week. Or like, uh, I'm telling you, I get so much. I get so much street cred for being Travis Kelsey's brother within the defensive backfields and linebackers. It has tremendously made my job easier. So thank you, Travis. It's vice versa. It's vice versa. There's offensive linemen, defensive linemen that I've, especially Travis, interior D linemen that lying. I have no idea. Stop. I have no idea. You're lying. Had a, had a, had a Nobody, guy the, this is our podcast. We don't need to lie. Nobody's giving you credit for being Jason Kelsey's brother, but I'll take the credit from Travis. Is that a lot of them? I don't even know their name right. because I just don't know the the names of the, all the offensive linemen. You don't, in you the don't pay attention to O-line D-line. So, I got it. All right. All right. <laughs> You just watch the ball. I understand. All right. So question 10. How'd we get here, man? Excluding yourself and teammates. (laughs) Excluding yourself and teammates. Who's that guy at your position? You're, uh, you're up. Yeah. I'm thinking, man. Um, it's not that hard. It is. I can't just say one guy. You know who it is. His first name starts with G. His last name starts with K. George Kittle. What are you talking about? Is there I anybody else? I love for a lot of guys in the league. That's all. You're going to say I Waller? Just, I don't like singling out just one person. Well, say all of them. Darren, Darren Waller, 100%, yeah. the best tight end in the league last year. What's uh, uh, uh First team all pro. Buddy in uh, uh, Baltimore. Mark What's, Andrews. Uh, thank you. Sorry, Mark. Mark Andrews. I know your name. I just My brain is not as quick as it used to be. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, the – the tight end, it's it's all it's all your offense to be honest. I and I and I stand behind that a lot, man. I get a lot of opportunities in my offense to be able to make plays downfield. Um, I don't think George gets enough looks. Um, right. I don't think Mark even gets enough looks. Well, it's George's own fault. He's such a good blocker. Darren, Listen, Darren George, if you 19. want more, if you want more targets, just be shittier at blocking. They'll throw the ball more, and you'll get more targets. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. Stop it's being such a great sick, dominant run blocker, and you will get more targets, George. That's not how it works, Jason. It's not how it works? It's not how it works. All right. Kyle has to call the play for him, and he's not getting those plays. Well, he is. He's just not getting enough of them. Okay. Uh, Darren Waller's getting a bunch of plays called for him. Last year, he got banged up a little bit, um, but he, I think he had 19 targets in one game. That's a dream. Wish I could. I mean, if I ever get close to that, um, that's, a, that's a hell of a game. I can only imagine getting the ball thrown at me 20 times. Yeah, I think I'd pass out after the first four if they try to throw me the ball. I've been, I've been waiting for them. To I ran a deep like out route before the fourth preseason game one year and uh, almost blew out my hamstring. So I'm <laughs> never doing that again. <laughs> Stop it. That's what I got. I was doing the uh, warm-ups. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go run some routes. I don't even know if it was a deep out. It might have just been a regular. It was, it was five-yard out? No, it wasn't five yards. It was down the field. It might have, what's another one that goes out like that? What a, Just a, a deep stick. A nah, no, this was like, I, I'm, it was a deep out. I know what it was. A corner? No, nope, because it was more flat. You don't, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You didn't know what you did. You I put my left foot on the ground at 12 yards, and I broke it out, and I was out at like 15. What's that sound like? Deep stick. 
I was going no stick. You stop though. I was going out. I was going no, out. You don't. All right, I'm not getting. Listen, a stick this. is like you, you stick know. it. You never ran you around before it. in your life. Out, you go out. Crazy. You stick your foot in the ground and you run out. That's what you do. Well, then they should call it an out. That's a fucking stupid name for a stick. What a. You're right. There's a lot of those fucking dumbass names in the in the football world. Oh, the one that drives me the most crazy for all of those football guys out there. Why in the fuck, in the numbering system of O-line and D-line and alignments, it goes zero is a head-up shade on a center. One. Oh, don't, Jason, you're talking. Yeah, I'm talking. You're talking. I got to say this because this has bugged me my entire career. Zero is head-up on the center. One is on his shoulder. Two eye, inside shoulder of the guard. Two. Head up on the guard. I'm sorry Three, to our listeners shoulder. that are four listening to hear Jason speaking Chinese. Go ahead. Keep going, Jason. Four eye, head up on the, or inside of the tackle. Four head up. Five Where's outside. The five, eye? five. There's no five eye. Where's it goes straight eye? to seven. I knew it. And then uh, a six is head up. And then nine is outside. It makes no fucking we're gonna, sense. This is definitely it not doesn't make. It's never made sense. This, this entire segment isn't making the show. Nobody knows what you're talking. You're just speaking random right now. Well, there's somebody out there that is understanding what I'm saying. There is. There is. I and for them, I we're going to see. I, it's, hey, me and you. Hey, we get it. You're, you're in the interior. Your numbers make sense. Mine are the ones that don't. I know. So you're, you're preaching to the choir, except for nobody understands but me. Um, All right. Who's the who's that dude at your position, man? Who's that guy? I, I'll tell you what, man. I, you got you got a hell of a backup. Oh, Cam, yeah, Cam Cam's had a tremendous. A beast, uh, I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching him play this year, man. At least in the preseason so far. Yeah, he had a tremendous preseason. Um, he's been he's been great ever since he got here. He's one of those guys that you know just goes to work trying to get better. Um, I love it, man. When, when we were looking at him before the draft. Uh, you saw that athleticism. You saw the strength. Um, I think he's ended up being everything we thought he was and more. Um, so I think he's got a really, really bright future ahead of him, man. I think um, uh, I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm looking forward to seeing who he ends up becoming. Um, I think he he could be a very, very special player in this league. Well, he will be a very special player in this league. Um, and then you know, outside of him – uh, man, there's a lot of good centers in this league. Um, you know, the 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 one that didn't play at all last year and um, who I think is probably the best, or before the injury at least, was the most well-rounded center, probably mm-hmm. Frank Ragnow up in Detroit. Really, really good player. We play him week one, um, so I hope he plays absolutely terrible. Frank, I hope you get your ass kicked. Um, Frank, Frank, but Frank's Frank, a really go good ahead, player. He's go very ahead and go to work, baby. Yeah, I tell you what, he's got his work cut out for him with that interior. You yeah, guys got Fletcher and Hargrave, big rookie Jordan Davis. I think, uh, but Frank Frank has been a really good player in the league for a while now. Um, you guys obviously had a kid have a tremendous rookie year in Creed. Um, Creed Humphrey, baby. I was waiting. You mean you better stocks up. Humphrey. You know he's like that. Uh, he's like Tesla stock five years ago. It could be <laughs> the roof here in a few years. Um, Corey Lindsley's a really, really good player with the Chargers, was great in Green Bay. Um, it was really, really unfortunate to see Ryan Jensen go down with a knee injury. He's uh, turned into a mauler and a great player for Tampa Bay. So, you know, there's there's a lot of good centers al- across the league, and I got a lot of respect for anybody that plays the position because it's, it's hard, man. Playing in the yeah, NFL is difficult, man. And the, to snap yeah. the ball and then try and wrestle somebody who usually outweighs you by 40 pounds, it's a uh, – it's hard, so. Yeah, well. Well, they outweigh me. Bad for you. They outweigh me by forty pounds. Nobody, nobody feels bad for you. Get the fucking job done, Jason. All right. I'm not, I'm not asking for anybody to feel bad for me. I'm, I'm not throwing a pity party. All right. But help the tight ends out. All right, those guys. No, those fuck guys. that. I get so mad. Just throw the tight end screen in. Then they get nervous to rush. That's how you help that's the tight end. That's Stop. Been my, that's, what I, that's been one of my most positive plays yeah. in this offense since I was a rookie. Which is stupid because I, I, you know, but yeah, I think uh, if you want to help a tight Why end. Why is it stupid, Jason? I'm not going to comment because I don't want to give defenses anything <laughs> to key in on. But I think um, if you want to help the tight end be a better pass you blocker, it, you think run it's tight end Jason? Huh? No, I'm not going to say it. If you want to help the tight end be better in pass blocking, throw a couple screens out there, then the defensive end gets nervous to rush. 
There you go. There you what go. If you don't, what if you don't have a tight end that knows how to run screens very well? Then he shouldn't be in the NFL. It's the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> you get beat, and then you turn around and catch the ball and run north. What I do mean, you mean? You turn around, and you see a big fence. Travis. Just be three. 300-pound lineman right there in front of you, boom, boom, boom. He's just like, oh, my God, I can't see anything. Should I just run right into their back? I have been around tight ends that can't block. I've been around tight ends that can't catch. I've been around tight ends that can't run routes very well. In my entire career, there's never been a tight end that can't run a tight end screen. It's the easiest thing in the world. Jason, I you played H-back in high school. Yeah. Did you ever get a, did you ever get a screen? No. Because... You couldn't fucking run a screen, Jason. No, it's because we ran, the wing tee. The we ran the wing T. There wasn't a tight end screen in the wing T. <laughs> it was either jet sweep right, jet sweep left, fullback dive, or I don't even know what the other plays were. That's pretty much you guys think You guys think watching Jason on a screen in front of the running backs in Philly is fun. You should see Jason carry the ball on a jet sweep in high school, man. Yeah, average nine point eight yards. <laughs> fucking electric. Electric. Well, yeah. It was always, it's also down, because right? the only reason I got the ball is because. You're like Mike Allstock. The only reason I got the ball is because the defense was so overloaded to my side because we only ran it to me being a lead blocker. I would get an audible. Kill over because average blocker at best in high school, man. Average blocker. Travis, you don't even know you're in, in, ineligible when I freaking played. NL, baby. Yeah. Hey, kids, stay in school, baby. Travis stay couldn't pass his French class, so he didn't play my oh. senior year. It's a different language, Jason. I don't know if you've ever tried to pick up a different language. It's not that it's not that easy. I tried it, but I didn't fail it. What uh can you say anything in French right now? Bonjour. That's impressive. Crepe. Crepe. <laughs> Cleveland Heights, University Heights School District. This is what you're representing right now, Travis. Way to go. All right. Here we go. I Travis. sign language after I failed French, everybody. Keep going, Jason. All right. Tra- Travis is the tight end gold standard and co-founder of tight end. You're the co-founder of tight end you? Yes, I am. Me, George Kittle, Greg Olson, baby. I, thought, I got a... But George they, did they most of the heavy with, lifting. They right? came up with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he definitely... Him and his family actually do a lot... All the heavy lifting. Okay. So yeah, they, they, they take it over, man. It's awesome. All right. Who's a potential breakout tight end that fantasy football fans should keep an eye on this season? Isaiah Likely. The guy had an absolute awesome preseason. He's actually uh, in Baltimore with Mark Andrews. in a big tight end heavy offense. I mean, he's... He's got a lot of upside in terms of his, you know, just his athletic ability. I th- I'm not sure if how he's gone under the radar. I haven't seen much about him up until this year, this preseason. But, man, the uh, the guy looks awesome, man. I'm excited to see that that, that duo out there in, uh, in Baltimore. Sounds like he's likely to have a good year. Well, this is the last question. Which Super Bowl ring is more epic, Eagles Super Bowl 52 or Chiefs Super Bowl 54? The Eagles was just everybody saw it coming. You know? <laughs> everybody saw I saw it coming. Oh my gosh! I, are you kidding me, Travis? Bro, the the, the Travis. Kansas City Chiefs. You don't understand the prestige and the history in Kansas City. That's what you don't understand. You Travis. think Philly has awesome history. The sports history there is okay. And yeah, all, it's just it's the place basketball. that the fucking United States of America all was founded in. All baseball. It's the the Eagles are you know just a fun activity on the weekend, Travis. Until you guys got really good. What are you doing? You're you're embarrassing. Kansas yourself. City. Kansas you're embarrassing City. yourself. Lamar Hunt created the entire AFC. Yeah, like the, what are we even talking about? Legendary Lamar Hunt. All right. Yes. Listen. It's we Super hadn't Bowl had 52. one since then. We won the Lamar Hunt Trophy. Went and won another Super Bowl. Our second one. You guys. That's why. Right there. You just said it. It, uh, it was le- it's legendary. It just added on to the prestige that is the Kansas City Chiefs. You just said it. That was the Chiefs, what, second Super Bowl? Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. It's always they the first. They get better as the, the more you get, the, the it's better. It's not the way it, it works. It's not the way it works. Everybody remembers their first. You remember yeah, your first. Everybody. Super Bowl 52. 52. First Super Bowl. Who was your first? Name it. Say them right now. Who was your first? Super Bowl 52. I'm not <laughs> saying the other one. Super Bowl 52. Is the first in Eagles history of Super Bowl era championship. Took you fifty two. You guys. Uh, so probably, it's not even close. You know how long it took, and nobody you know saw it coming. Took? We were literally we were not the favorite in every single game. It's the first team to ever win a Super Bowl when Vegas thought they were going to lose. We were getting points every game. It's, it's not even a question. 
It was like a real life. I was I was trailing every single game of the playoffs by at least 21 points. It was crazy. Every single game. I lied. Only like two. Yeah. You're, but you're, you're making things up to try and make your Super Bowl a only one. sound. But it was still an epic. Like what? Well, every Super Bowl, Super Bowl is epic. I'm not trying no. to. Listen, Super no. Bowl 54 it was okay. But come on. Super Bowl 52 was like the Minnesota city of Philadelphia, Miami, yeah. an energized city. Minnesota was it was just dull. It was everybody saw it coming. Yeah, it was just about football instead of all that bullshit that happens down in Miami. <laughs> Listen, fo- Super Bowl 52 was an embodiment of the city of Philadelphia. It was like a team that was possessed by its inhabitants. An underdog city, an underdog town, came out of nowhere and won a fucking Super Bowl for the first time in its existence. It's This isn't even fucking close. I feel embarrassed that we're even talking about this. It's not even in the same stratosphere as the Eagles Super Bowl. But you just you, If you're not in Kansas City, you just don't get it, man. Yeah, I, I, will, guess I, I will give you this. Probably the most epic, out of, and you haven't even mentioned it yet. Uh, you haven't even mentioned it because you probably won't, but you beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's probably the only... Yeah. That's the only it's the whole thing, got. dude. It's the whole thing. That's the only that's the only head up you got on this, man. All right, yeah. You keep dreaming. All right. Listen, Travis, you you're gonna go in the Hall of Fame. You have more Pro Bowls. You have more All Pros. Let me have the Super Bowl, okay? Just stop being selfish. <laughs> All right, you're better looking. Let me have one goddamn thing, please. All right. You mother. All righty, that about wraps it up, everyone. Um, sorry to those of you that tuned in for the whole thing for wasting your time. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first uh, episode of new heights. Um, it's in the book. So new heights will uh, appear every Wednesday during the season. Watch and subscribe on YouTube to the new heights channel. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Reminder that new heights is a jukes original presented by wave sports and entertainment. Thank you to our producers and follow the show on all social media at New Heights Show. Catch y'all next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I promise you we're going to get better at this. So, uh, you know, don't judge us off uh, one episode. This guy is just in the sympathy tunnel right now, mate. (laughs) Thank you for listening to New Heights. Make sure to rate and subscribe. Also, If you want to watch the show, go and check out New Heights on YouTube and follow the show on all social media platforms at New Heights Show.